0: Welcome to Relational Introvert, a podcast about the often overlooked people and leadership strengths of the quiet ones. I'm Nancy, and I look forward to sharing stories and lessons from my life, plus inviting other relational introverts to share theirs. This is very much a journey. It's a path to understanding ourselves and the diversity of people around us. So join me every Monday, and let's see where this road leads. This is part two of my two-part conversation with my guest, Tamika Peoples. We continue our look into an introvert's quest to create great social change within her community by leading with both her head and heart and taking consistent action in the small things. So sit back, relax, and join us for this episode. So let me ask you about your team. If you were to look at your team, how would you describe them? Would you say that they are a lot like you? Are they opposite to you? Like, how would you, if you were to take a pulse check of them right now?
1: Uh, pulse check. I would. I would say most of them are opposite of me. Um, there are those who have introverted qualities, one might say, um, but most of them are opposite of me. I, I ironically, um, but I, I believe um, there, sometimes people don't know that they're introverts, right. Until so they really start to kind of unpack that. Um, most of them, you know, obviously there's this heart quality that we're looking for. So certainly in the work that we're doing um, and all of them have that in spades. So mm. yes, most of them though are, uh, extroverts as one might say <laughs>
0: I'm curious to find sure. I have a couple questions that come from that but first off was that intentional
1: it was intentional I felt um that the work that we were doing and about to do with uh, people's foundation um required a certain level of of maneuver in the space within the community that required a uh, a person, a certain type of personality.
0: Interesting. That's actually really interesting. So you talked about, you talked about um, also a heart quality, which seemed to be more important than these other factors we're talking about, you know, the range of introversion versus extroversion. So what was this heart quality that was so important?
1: Oh, um, the, the most important factor for, for me initially, when at least even choosing my board, if I will, was what they saw the world could be. That was almost the baseline of the first question, first few questions. Cause all of us, you know, all of us can complain about something, right? But what, is, what, is, what are the qualities of not only just your community, but the world that you know it could be, right? This is where I can really start to hear that that hope and that heart come out in people, right? Because we, we want to see certain beautiful things come to fruition, right? And these things may not exist. But if we work together as a collective, we can bring one, the two of these things uh, to, to light or, you know, grow that. Um, what did, what do you want to see in the world? Um, and that, that really t- speaks to me about someone's heart, uh, mm. for, um, the potential, what the work we were about to go do. Right. <laughs> so that's how I, that's the baseline that, that was what's, what's the greatest that could be. And do you want to do the type of work that can help us get to our greatness? Um, not just in our community? but in the world.
0: That's really amazing. It's possibility thinking is what you were looking for. It sounds like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Hmm. You know, I, I think about you when you talk about heart and the in, earlier, when you were talking about your leadership, you also talked about that connection between heart and head. You know, we, we talk a lot about people leading from the heart and I feel like that's a really important thing because it's been something that's been missed for a long period of time, perhaps because of you know bigger objectives that are being set down on us, um, you know whether it's because if I don't achieve these objectives, what are the what are going to be the risks that I have to deal with? Like so, all of those things lead us to have different ways of operating. But the idea of operating from the heart is something that I find a lot more people are having conversation around very intentionally as organizations as well as individuals. I also believe that the idea of connecting heart and head is important because it I, I'm I feel sometimes we get into these polar ways of operating. It's either this or it's this. And the idea that how do you in the and I think that's the whole component of a human-centered approach is it's just it's kind of this connecting of us all together
1: mm-hmm. to be
0: able to operate as leaders, as individual contributors whatever the work might be and so i think about that idea of making that connection between heart and head and so when you brought that up earlier that really rung true with me that these two need to connect they don't actually operate separately from each other so in the work that you're doing how are you making that happen so that you have this heart quality but then you also have that head piece that you're attaching to this as well how do these two operate together in the
1: work that you do Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Um, Well, I will say how I how I kind of even got into the balance myself as an individual before I started and came together and and formed the foundation was I was in a space as a a person running a, a company and I was, you know, mission money driven, which most of us who are running small businesses or businesses in general you know, you are concerned about this bottom line. Um, But it was always, always my intention to um, look at any excess that I might have in that space. And And for me, that excess was money, right? That I would have in that space and put it into some of the things I felt like was not going great in my surroundings. Like, how can we all be doing so great, right? With respect to monetary gain, um, and the checkpoints that society tells you, you need to have, you know, the house, the car, you know, the great job, the great education, and we still be so broken um, at our core. Uh, we look around and there's, there's, there's lack, there's need, there's homelessness, there's kids going from school, right, to prison. You know, how is this possible in um, what, what I would call America the great, Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was me coming to this balance of, well, I could throw daggers, complain, point out the bad, or I could kind of begin to do something about it. Um, I could begin to bring about these things that I want to see in this world that are good. Mm -hmm. And so how I balance that in in the work that I do is, You know, understanding that, yes, a a nonprofit or or a public benefit company is just that you're there to be a benefit to the public or the communities that you serve. Right. Uh, However, you do need to understand that this is at the core, right, still a business right? So there are things that I have to bring into uh, uh, the structuring, the organization, uh, understanding leadership qualities, making sure we're managed in a particular way, understanding that it is about growth and programs that we're bringing that continue to help our community, that, you know, the balance for me is, you know, running it like an efficient business, um, that is going to do this amazing good uh, in the communities, in the programs that, that we run. So that's how I balance it um, in, in, in the organization and how I came to this balance in my life. You know, I I do run a business, right? Um, but everything I do about that business now and in any business that I touch will be about the good of the world. Otherwise, why are we doing it?
0: Mm. That's, you know, that actually is really well put. It brings us back to some of the basics around understanding the why. And the why really is, the bigger things, that's what generates the the emotions, the heart kind of draws us in that way. But I love what you said about this idea of just because something is a nonprofit does not automatically operate it as if it is a business, because it is a business. It's the the function of it actually can do even greater things because that, that heart connection to the why around it. Uh, I love that, is, a, is the idea like, you know, operate it in such a way, don't operate it any less lightly, which is where it sounds like you're like, okay, so that, that brings me to some of the brain, like the head things around, what does it look to manage a business plan? What does it look like to who do we want to bring in? How do we manage the finances that we have so that we have resources and uh, and reserves to do some of the bigger work that we want to achieve? How do we plan out for that in the future? All of that requires, and so that's a really well, well put way of looking at both the connection of the heart and uh and the head i wonder i think about the corporate world so the nonprofit world um i i feel perhaps what happens there is that the why is there but it doesn't it's not something that sustains long enough in people's vision when i say people i mean throughout the organization so sometimes the why is there at the very beginning but then as as we grow it has to be an intentional coming back to the why so that we stay connected to why are we doing this? So that I am engaged from a heart perspective as well in the work that I do, who I choose to bring on board. And then the people around the table feel the same Mm -hmm. way about it as well. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that it's, it ends up being really more so at the end about the finances side of it. And so, but the finances are there for a reason. If that is the end to itself, that's where I suppose that, that disconnect happens So I love the way that you position that, uh, that way of focusing on this work. So when you think about possibilities, you've talked about that being a big piece, a heart piece of even when you're bringing people on board into your organization, what is the possibility that your organization has right now? Like, what do you have in mind in terms of that possibility thinking? What are you working towards?
1: Wow. Well, I will say, right, well, this uh, pandemic has really, I don't think changed, but it has brought, you know, to the forefront, um, what we need to define as (laughs) important, right? Um, From basic health uh, to, you know, food and shelter, right? Um, So for me, where we started on, on the possibility front as our organization is, uh, you know, no no veteran, you know, we really wanted to kind of look at the, how, do, how are we reaching our veterans so we're not losing them to suicide? How are we reaching our youth so that they understand the possibilities of their future and are tapping into the technologies that they, will get them there? And um, what are we doing about being the solution to a resilient community? Um, and and so the possibilities for us are about sticking true to the core mission and our foundation and 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 standing up uh, in this time of, of, of crisis and foundational human need mm-hmm. that we are facing right now um, and so um, our our core mission and our core values we will always work towards those but um, what? A people do in a time of crisis really defines them. Um, I, you know, I I come from many backgrounds, many backgrounds, right? But one thing that um, really, how do I put this, stands true is we need to stand up during this time, mm-hmm. and we need to focus on the things that are absolutely a need in our community. And if that's, you know, getting our mask on, putting our gloves on, and serving food, then that's what we do. Uh, because, you know, the humans in our community and the people in our community need it. We need us right now to stand up. Mm. So to to your core values and standing up in a time of crisis is is really what I want us to always be about. So that's the possibilities we'll always strive for.
0: That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Just the, the piece that you said about how we show up and who we are during crisis really does define us right it's not really in the good moments it's in in the difficulties and how we who shows up in the difficulties really who is lurking <laughs> around uh, more often than other and so i i think that's a that's a really good point point. and as as part of your what you're sharing you know i i i would encourage people to look at not just the big things It doesn't have to be something earth shattering that you need to do. I liked what you said. It's as simple as, you know, if it's putting on your gloves, putting on your mask and serving somebody and that somebody could be your neighbor, it doesn't have to be anything. You know, sometimes we wait for like the really, really big moments and it's not, so I would say along with crisis, I don't think it's the big moments that define us. I think it is really what we do in regular moments in everyday life because that's what life is. Life is actually made up of the smaller things. The bigger things are actually the exceptions. They just happen to be memorable, but this is life. And so how we show up now does matter. Um, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. And I love the heart that you have for your community and the fact that that's actually what just got you into action. Um, you, you talk about yourself being also someone who's an executionist and that's actually a huge strength because that's a gap that a lot of people have. A lot of us have ideas. And when it comes down to actually putting those ideas into action is where it can fall flat. So you talk about yourself being an executionist, which I find interesting because when I think, when I think about exec- someone executing on something, I think about it being decisive, quick, we move forward. And do- But then you also talked about that one side of you where you said, you know, when you were talking about how you're building out your team, like I'm trying to get to know people, go deep. But that requires ties so that almost seem like these two counterpieces that are <laughs> that are working in tandem. <laughs> am, I, am I on track
1: in,
0: in, there? in
1: doubt, you're on track. You are so on track. And then I just, when it's when it's crunch time, it just gets done, right? It's because like, oh, got it gets done. But yes, um, <laughs> it's these two polar opposite worlds. And and when I and, and I love what you said about the small things, right? And so just a small, a simple example, right? Um, there are times when I have our teammates just, you know, make sure we're present in, in the social spaces. And, um, over this past two weeks, we've noticed that there's these push towards virtual graduations for young adults, mm-hmm. right? Um, something as simple as acknowledging that the school is going to, you know, maybe pass, you know, make sure that these young adults pass, uh, they are going to graduate to the next grade level. Uh, and most times, you know, these things happen and there's a great little celebration. Right. Right. Um, and so in some of these spaces that we're in, we're noticing that these there are teachers and, and leaders in the community who are saying, Hey, we're looking for people to just write a simple note to our sixth grade graduating class. Right words of encouragement and, you know, happy, you know, good luck at your next grade level, things that just acknowledge and celebrate them. Mm. Um, and, and to me, it's such a simple thing that's being asked, right? In this time of quarantine and lockdown and um, we can't, you know, gather more than 25 in a space, right, uh, A written letter right. and, and, and sending it to a sixth grader, like how simple is that? So that's what kind of resonated with me when I um, when I heard you talk about the small things, and those were the, the small things, right? That I before this crisis was happening, that we I was seeing literally slip through the cracks in our communities, right? Um, and so are, are these things in these moments when no one's looking, when, no, when, when we see the need and maybe we just keep walking past it every day or we just brush by it because it's not, you know, something that's top of mind and it's not running across our TV screen every 10 seconds. Um, are, those are the small things that we're missing, mm. that we have opportunity to just fill the gap. Mm. Um, something as simple as writing a letter. Um, it's just astounding to me that small things that can make the biggest change. Um, And so when I think of myself as an executionist, like how hard is it to do these small things? It's not that hard. And what if I had five to 10 people to do those same small things? What big change could we make? Right. And in one of our first events, it was a really, I thought a small, simple event speak to, you know, 10 to 15 classes bring in some some great guest speakers talk about their career we reached over 500 students and we got 500 written letters from the most heart-wrenching letters i ever ever read right it reaffirmed why we were doing these small things just thank you for showing up in my classroom i never thought that i could You know, young girls see you, see you doing the stuff that they maybe dreamed about. Didn't know it was possible. We just showed up for the small things. Wow. So, um, yeah, I I, I believe that the executionist in me really loves that piece. You never know the life you're going to change, and it might be your own that you save. I believe doing this work has saved and changed my life. So I show up every day.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I, I don't think I looked at execution in that way before until you talked about executing on the small things. Because again, when we talk about executing, everything seems like it's like, what are the big things that you're working on? But it is in those small things. And it's true. If I can't, take action on this thing, on writing a letter, which might take me, let's say 10 minutes to do, if I was to really, you know, take a long amount of time to do that, but let's say 10 minutes out of my life. If I can't execute on that, then the chances of me executing on anything bigger is also less likely. Um, And you're right, like the impact, some, you know, we think about the impact outward, there is impact inward too it it is this kind of regenerating way that kind of goes in and out in and out and it is pretty powerful what we're able to do what I loved about your story as well Tamika is you enrolled other people in this change making process that it wasn't just how can I do it which is also what happens sometimes and I feel sometimes even as introverts that can be something that we tend to lean towards cuz we are so individualist in in how we do our work. Now I don't mean it in the sense like we don't care about the world. I just mean the way we operate is we go inward, we're introspective, we process and we do things in smaller groups, but just the idea of being able to say if I can do one, but if I can enroll five other people to do it, that gives me another five, that's six. Now if I can get each of those five people to be enrolled enough that they're like, "Well, I know people too." That's how you get to 500 as opposed to uh, one letter. so uh, i love I love what you shared about the the impact that you're having. and and I'm always happy to meet with women of action, men of action who are moving forward with the things that are of meaning to them that's impacting and of service. And you and I've talked about that before, that idea of being of service, uh, whether it's within your community, within your family, whatever that might be. It's great to be able to see that in action, and i I, I'm wishing the best for all the work that you're doing uh, within your organization as well. Uh, So tell, if if people were looking to reach out to you, Tamika, what would be the best way for them to connect with you, either to find out more or just to have a conversation with you?
1: Great question, Nancy. Well, if people want to connect with me, they can certainly find me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn handle is Tamika R Peoples, and my website for my work is uh, peoples Foundation.org, um, And I'll repeat that again. That's peoples-foundation.org.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on this conversation with me. I've, I loved meeting the first time we had that conversation. It was awesome. And I'm really glad that we were able to connect again and just delve into a little bit more around uh, this conversation of the work that you're doing, but also what that means in line with who you are as a person and as a leader. Uh, there's a lot of others I know who would benefit from hearing that so thank you for being here today.
1: Of course Nancy so much thank you so much for
0: having me. Great and I want to thank everyone who's been listening in as well I really encourage you that if you are um, interested to just get in on this conversation once I get this posted drop anything in the comments ask your questions if there's something that perhaps you felt we you were thinking about that we didn't get into in the conversation. get involved in the comments. And that's another way to to engage in this as well. So I want to thank Tamika once again for being here. And I want to thank everyone else who's listening in too. And uh, I hope to connect with all of you very soon. Hey, thanks for joining me for another episode of Relational Introvert. If you liked what you heard and you're curious about what's next, be sure to listen to new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. And if you know someone else who might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them too.